I have a prop here. Whoops. Whoops. Maybe here. Yeah, you just can't stand it. That's how I see Jesus, tremendously ecstatic, happy, thrilled to be alive. He is risen from the dead. He loves us. He's excited about what he has planned for you, for me, for our world. He's full of joy. This, uh, we've been doing a series on joy, and what I'm going to talk about today is joy is not the absence of sorrow. But it is the presence of God. Joy is not the absence of sorrow, but the presence of God. And I love that picture so much. It's been around a long time. Actually, he's not holding a microphone. Somebody thought he was holding a microphone. But he hung around with fishermen, as you know, so that's actually a fish net. And... I have little wallet-sized pictures like that. If I could get somebody to pass these out, I'd like to give everybody one. Thank you, Renata, very much. I first, and now I'm standing in front of him. Let's see. There. A little more. Like that? Okay. Joy, not the absence of sorrow, but the presence of God, namely that it can be found when things are very difficult. One of the first times I began to think about that is, was in 1972. I was in the midst of a two-year Peace Corps term in Chad, Africa, working with farmers. And I got very sick, and I got sent to a hospital in Wiesbaden, Germany. And I had some time on my hands. And there was uh, one book in the room besides the Bible. And it was Norman Vincent Peale's The Power of Positive Thinking. And it's a famous book. I imagine everybody in here has heard of it. And basically what good old Norman taught, he's uh, long since gone to the Lord, but he did not preach a positivism that, oh, everything's going to be fine, it's all going to work out, that type of thing. But he taught a, a positive attitude that realizes that there are challenges, there are troubles, there is sin, there are harsh realities. And he, he often talked about optimism. The optimist, in his words, I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but he talked about how an optimist is not someone who denies the problem. It's someone who has reason to frown but chooses to smile and someone who knows that there are problems, but instead focuses on the solution. And uh, certainly that's 
what I've been hearing so far in this series, uh, the teachings about joy so far. And as I began to read and think about that lying there sick, I was going to have reason to apply that personally about a year after that. I got sick one more time before I went home from Africa, and in 1973 I got home, and I was very weak. I had um, gotten so weak that I could walk one block, and that was my extent of my activity for the day. And so I, I really had a lot of building up to do, and I, I used the thoughts of Norman Vincent Peale at that time. Uh, he liked to quote Philippians 4.13 a lot, and that's on your sheet. I'm going to be using a lot of these scriptures on this sheet. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I put that to memory, and I pray that every single day. And... Um, 1978, uh, a little later on, I got saved, and I really began to take the idea of joy, not the absence of sorrow, but the presence of God. I really began to take that concept seriously because I had a lot of negativity in my life. At that point, I was uh, just starting to get over the problems I had had prior to that with alcoholism. And I had a lot of negativity in me because of uh, the abuse of alcohol that I did for a lot of years when I was younger. And I had to change my thoughts. And I had to, and I began to realize, I came across a really good book that I've quoted before, and I've shared it with some of you, by Tim LaHaye. He's famous for the Left Behind series. And... He wrote a book entitled How to Study the Bible for Yourself, and he, he gives a really cool method about memorizing Scripture. And he teaches that we need to memorize Scripture. Well, the Word says so, for one thing. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. If you keep this book of the Lord on your lips, Joshua 1, 8 and 9 says... And think about it day and night and meditate on it all the time. Then you'll be successful. That's what God said to Joshua. And he promised all kinds of wonderful things to Joshua and the, and the gang at that time. If they would just listen to him and internalize his word and think about it and do it. And... That sounded like a really good plan, so back in 1978, I began to memorize and internalize Scripture, believing what the Word says about itself. Proverb, uh, th this one's not on here, but Proverbs 4.20-22, to 22, the Word says that keep the Word inside you because it's life and health itself. The, the Word is truly life itself. And certainly, when it comes to joy, if we want to have joy and if we want to have victory in our lives, we need His Word within us. And uh, the, one of the first scriptures, well, the first scripture on your list there, Psalm 23, most everybody is very familiar. But there is joy in internalizing and living and believing that Word, that that because of him, there is nothing that I 
nothing that I will want. Well, there are things that I'll want, but he takes care of the things I need. The phrase about green pastures and the still waters reminds me, and I pray the Psalm 23 every day. I remind myself that he's going to keep my heart calm. He's going to keep my heart peaceful no matter what happens today. No matter anything going on, he's, he's going to be with me. The Psalm 23 is so powerful at a time when we deal with something like the pandemic because it expresses that though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, does that ever apply today? I will not be afraid. I will fear no evil. And that's exactly where I'm at. And the follower of Christ, the the believer of his word, that's absolutely true. And besides that, you spread a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The enemy is trying to come among us and to do stuff to us, no doubt. But God spreads a table, spreads his, his benefits, his goodness, his everything in front of us and before us and around us and for us. And we can even be joyful knowing uh, that we're here and we're well, and even if we get sick, we're going to get well. And so all things work together for the good of those who love God and are following his plans, Romans 8, 28. Another one that brings joy because it doesn't mean that everything's good. It doesn't mean that everything that happens is wonderful. It doesn't mean that God even wants everything that happens. Some people say, oh, it happened, therefore it's God's will. No. Not everything is his will, but I do know that there can be good coming out of everything um, for the good of those who love God and are following his plans. I had reason to really test this in the year 2000. My first wife had left. I was taking care of my father who was dying from cancer, and he and I, let's just say we never got along most of my life. But out of, uh, I have nine siblings, and everybody was busy. I got the short straw, and I got to take care of my father in his uh, last three months of life. And we just plain didn't get along, even though if he didn't have somebody to take care of him, he had to go to the care center. He couldn't provide for his basic needs. He was truly dying. And it was, and then we had... Uh, another brother, my older brother, was also going through a painful divorce, and that was uh, painful, and my mother had died previously, and there, was, uh, there were things, there were challenges in my life, but on a daily basis, I just reminded myself of Psalm 23, Romans 8:28, Philippians 4:13. I can do this, I can do this, and Certainly, if we want joy, not the absence of sorrow, but the presence of God, praise. It's a, it's a no-brainer for us here at Vineyard. We, we very much believe in praise. And when I was taking care of my father, praise was a, a really powerful thing for me. He, had, uh, he was hard of hearing, and so I could have praise on, and he wouldn't even hear it, so... 
that worked really well because I could have the comfort of God uh, praising him, worshiping him as I was getting chewed out because I had done something wrong, but that was okay. I forgave him, and I just kept going. Psalm 113.3 says the praises should go up to God from the rising of the sun to its setting, and that pretty much covers our uh, wake times, and Psalm 134 even talks about praising at night if we wake up. And if you wake up at night and can't sleep, praising is a wonderful thing to do. And 2 Timothy 2.3, another one I, I pray every day, you must endure hardship with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. If we know that, Jesus told his followers, this isn't going to be easy. They're going to hate you. They're going to persecute you as as they did me, and he promised them that you will have trouble, but you will have joy if you take my thoughts into account, and if you do as I say, he told them, you will have joy, and he said, this is why I tell you all these things, and you will remember them, the Holy Spirit will help you remember them, and you will have joy, even though the world will hate you and kill you and everything, he told them. And Revelation 2.10, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. We are not getting out of this alive. As, as a colleague said recently, um, there's a lot of fear-mongering out there these days and, and a lot of the fear-mongering is an attempt to get you to do things with the threat of death. And as someone said, you're threatening me with heaven? Yeah. 1 Corinthians 2.9, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it has not entered into the heart of anyone, the wonderful things that God has prepared for those who love him, amen? And so, I'm not suicidal, but, but I mean, wow, it is going to be so beyond anything we can even imagine or think about, and so threaten me with that, sure, go ahead. Ephesians 3.20, I remind myself every single day, our God at work in you is able to do far more abundantly than anything you could ask or think or imagine. Here at Vineyard, the teachers gather to pray every day, and we do a couple of things almost every day in our prayer. One is, we tell Satan to get out of here. And... Jesus gave his followers that power. Luke 9, 1 and 2, he says, I give you all power over the enemy. And so we tell him where to go every day. Leave. Don't come around here. And uh, we need to do that every day with our families. We, we are given the authority. We're told to do that. Luke 10, 19 and 20, also Jesus said, you have authority over all the power of the enemy. And... He, he again repeated that in Matthew 28 and many other places. So the second prayer we always pray when the teachers pray is that God will do more than we can even imagine through us and in us because, well, we, we usually need that prayer. <laughs> Enough said. We love our kids and they're great kids and great families. And then Romans 8, 31, 32, 35, 37, nothing, 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 nothing can ever separate us from his love. 
And Christians, even in persecuted countries, realize that and experience that. And I read about those accounts in the mailings of Voice of the Martyrs. And it's absolutely true. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going to separate his love from us as long as we hold on to it. We can separate ourselves from his love, obviously, but he's not going to stop loving us. As someone said recently in a sermon, he's not mad. People wonder if we're being judged by the pandemic and all this other stuff. No. Well, I'm not God, so I I guess I shouldn't even say that, but I don't know if we are or not, but I do know that he loves us, and his, his love for us hasn't changed in the least. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you, he loves you. That's, that's that story. And again, Philippians 4.13, there's joy in realizing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Last year, I had a class to teach here that I had not taught before, world history. And truth be told, the principal's not here today, but, uh, well, she'll probably watch this, so she'll still hear this. <laughs> I said to her husband, have you ever taught a class you didn't know anything about before, or you did poorly in when you took it? And he said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, got through it fine. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, uh, when you teach, you can learn every day with the students. Uh, sometimes it works that way. And that's the way it went for me with world history. And I, I do enjoy it. And I'm teaching American history this year. That's a little easier, a little more recent and Joshua 3.5, tomorrow the Lord will work wonders among you. I'm, a, I'm an early bird, a morning person anyway, and so that makes it easy. But um, I, I always think when I get up in the morning, wow, it's morning. Some people say, oh, good Lord, it's morning. And I'm one of those that says, good morning, Lord. <laughs> And that's how it is. I, I truly believe every single day. I, I never know what it's going to be, but I'm not surprised if he does work something among us and through us. We had a great year at school here last year in many ways, and we expect another good one this year. One of the, the numbers that I like to call attention to, we had no COVID sickness last year, the whole school year among staff. And we're praising God for that. And we only had one confirmed case among the entire student body. And if that isn't God, uh, what is? And so Joshua 3.5, I claim again every single day, tomorrow the Lord will work wonders among you. It might be all around, but as Psalm 23 says, he will spread a table in front of your enemies. And I, I believe it, I experience it. 1 John 4.18, we need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. Absolutely. I, I just, I find joy in that, that there's no need to fear God. 
The Bible talks about fearing God, but that, as you know, that's more the idea of respecting God. It's not fear like, oh, it's not like that. It's more of respect of, yes, sir, if you said it, I'll do it, and that settles it, that type of thing. That's more the, the fear of God. And his perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us. And it shows that we're not fully convinced that he really loves us. I don't, I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but I, I hear this in Christian prayer meetings sometimes. Somebody will say, well, I'm really worried about so-and-so. Well... Maybe you could phrase that another way because we're not supposed to fear what, uh, what's coming because God loves us perfectly and just saying, I'm not telling anybody what to say or not to say, but Isaiah 26.3, thou wilt keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And again, we can train our minds. I was very scattered when I was younger, and I, I did not think about God a lot. Honestly, I did not. But these days, a lot more so because I've trained my mind, and we can train our mind. It's just our, our mind's going just all the time. We know that, and we get to be the driver. We get to be the, we get to move the mouse. We get to click the program or the file where we send our thoughts in the computer of our brain, and our brain is like that. And the more that we keep our mind on him, the more joy we have. And um, no matter what happens, we, we can be in peace. In quietness, Isaiah thirty fifteen. in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. Our neighbor gives us the paper, but we don't read it very carefully because I, I care, and I've had friends who have died. I have friends who have been sick, and it has even um, touched members of our family, our extended family. And um, But I've still quietly trust him, and I'm, I'm not going to go getting all excited about the numbers, which may be inflated anyway, I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Philippians 1.6, be assured of this one thing, that God who has begun this great work in you will not fail to complete it, right up until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He has a good work to do in you, Jeremiah 29.11, uh, assures us of that, that he has a future full of hope for you. He plans good things and not disaster. That's a source of joy. And I tell my students every day in class, Psalm 118.24, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You can, you, me, we, we can be sad, we can be glad. I, I wrote myself a note some years back. I just said, note to self, 
Sad doesn't help anybody, not even you. <laughs> now, things happen in life, and I'm not questioning that, and death happens, and terrible things happen. We've had 2,000, uh, since 2000, we've had two suicides in my extended family, and terrible things like that, and consequences that have been awful, and every family is dealing with stuff, and, and things happen, but still, we can rejoice in the Lord, because it ain't over. And when it is over, then we get to go to heaven and be happy forever and ever. First Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he may exalt you. As a friend of mine likes to say, I just need to remember that he's God and I'm not. That's what that's about, and that brings joy. First Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares on him, for he cares for you. Psalm 37, 1, 3, do not fret yourselves because of problem people. Trust in the Lord and go about doing good. Because of the level of anxiety these days, it seems at times that there are more problem people than previously. Perhaps there are, but we don't have to be one of them. As one of my favorite radio stations says all the time, remember that the world is full of nice people, and if you can't find one, be one, they say. <laughs> so, and Psalm 8, uh, just a reminder, some of the worship songs that we had today point up Psalm 8. What is man that you should care for him, or the son of man that you should be mindful of him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Remembering how important we are to God is so very important. And Matthew six twenty-seven and 33, which one of you by worrying can add even a single moment to your life? It just doesn't get extended by worry. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek God first, and then everything else will take its place. And certainly that's a bringer of joy. Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you, for he who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it shall be opened. Last spring, as teachers, we were saying to ourselves, wow, it would really be nice if we got some more younger people involved in the school. And we, of course, prayed for that. And that prayer has been answered. And uh, we're so grateful for the additions to the staff and the aides and so forth. God does answer prayer when, when two or more ask the Father anything in Jesus' name. He promises that he will do it. And then, finally, there is joy in giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. He who sows sparingly reaps sparingly. He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. It's true when we sow not only money and things and time, 
but kindness and caring and thoughtfulness and consideration and forgiveness and all of the things that God's Word urges us to do. And then finally, Luke 6.38, Jesus said, The measure you give out will be the measure that is given back to you. Some people just bring joy into a room by their very presence when they come. And some, as they say, when they leave. But, oh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) I went into my health club yesterday, and there was this guy sweating really hard and working out on a machine. And I was in there earlier this morning, and I went in, and there was the same guy on the same machine sweating and Oh, there you are. (laughs) I didn't recognize you here. (laughs) You weren't wearing glasses. (laughs) Anyway, I said, you've been here all night? (laughs) Anyway, um, great. We got to get acquainted after. (laughs) Anyway, um, to... uh, I don't believe in a, in a total exact karma. We don't get what we deserve. Oh, Lord, no, we get mercy. But still, to some extent, what goes around comes around, and what we give out does truly come back. So in this time of anxiety and fear and pandemic and all of the other negativities, it's definitely a time to give joy, and you will get it back Guaranteed, because Jesus said, what you give out, that will be what will be given back to you. Full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. In conclusion, I pray that you have a deeper measure of the joy of the Lord as we go along. I pray that I pray for all the fruit of the Spirit for all of us and any amount of giftedness, the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, divine health especially, and peace of mind, peace of heart, and just a knowing that we know that we know not just that everything's going to be okay, but everything is going to go well for those who love the Lord and are fitting in with his plans. Amen. So, um, awesome joy. (laughs) Um, So if any of you guys would would like prayer, we would love to pray for you. But you guys have a blessed rest of your Sunday. Spend time with your family and love on somebody, but you're all dismissed. And, oh, the chairs need to be lit. Okay, we got to pick up all the chairs. So for those of you who know